Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking education matters today, and we are talking to three very special ladies. These ladies have been named uh, Putnam County's Teachers of the Year. So, ladies, congratulations. Thank you. you. We're excited to have you. At the elementary school level, we have Alicia Upchurch from Cane Creek Elementary School. And from the middle school level, Margie Cavender from Prescott South Middle School. And at the secondary level, Cindy Queen, Lucinda Queen at the Vital E-Learning School. So congratulations to each of you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is quite a tribute to you to to get this level of recognition. I know I work with the Rotary Club a lot, and they recognize teachers every month, but you all are the best of the best. And so the the school has, or the system has, has chosen you, and that's that's just a great compliment to the great work that you're doing. Our listeners may not know you, so why don't you talk just a little bit, each of you, about your background, uh, where you grew up, where you went to school, and how you got to doing uh, what you're doing. And um, Cindy, we'll start over there with you. Okay. My name is Cindy Queen. I uh, grew up in Baxter, Tennessee. That's, uh, I graduated from Upperman High School. I graduated from Upperman High School when it was the Cornerstone Elementary School, if that tells you anything. That kind of ages me, but that's okay. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've earned my years. So after I graduated and went to tech, um, I wanted, I decided I wanted to do something else. I didn't, never even thought that I'd really teach because I watched what my mother went through. So I thought, mm, I don't think I want to go that route. So at least that's what I thought at the time. But um, so I went to work as a manager for Kroger for a little while and then decided to go back to school. And when I went back to school, I was getting my master's in English. And I thought, why don't you get certified to teach, too? So when I got in the classroom, I realized that this was what I was meant to do. This was this is what I was made for. So once I got in there and I realized that I um when I graduated, got a job working at Avery Trace for a couple of years. Then I decided to move to Georgia for a little while, and I uh, taught there for about 13 years. Then I moved back home and got a job in at the adult high school. And that kind of fed into what we were doing. It just happened organically that I wound up being a part of the vital program. And I'm so glad that I am. It's just a wonderful part. It's wonderful to be a part of. Well, and and uh, the, the last couple years have shown the value of vital and flex learning. And mm-hmm. my gosh, we couldn't have done without it. Uh, as a whole system over the last few years. So then you had to get out and get away from education to realize it really was your calling. That's exactly right. That's what had to happen. And that's <laughs> uh, that's a, a very common kind of thing. Margie, how about you? I grew up in Overton County. Uh, my grandmother taught school. My mother taught taught school. And I think it is a calling. I knew from a very young age that's what I wanted to do. I saw how they worked with students in church and at school, and that's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to make a difference, and I think uh, teaching is a great way for us to make a difference in students. I started out teaching in Clay County, 
and I taught there for three years, and then I moved to Overton County and taught for three years, and then I had my son, and I stopped teaching for a little while, and then I came back and I was hired at Prescott. I came from an elementary background. I didn't know a lot about middle school, but I joined right in, and I was hired, and I've been at Prescott ever since. Wow. And did you go to Tech, too, or did yes, you go I did. to I went another to Tennessee university? Tech. I did. Well, good. Good. Well, that's, that's great. And Alicia, how about you? Well, I want to thank you for um, allowing us this opportunity. I'm super excited. Uh, in fifth grade, I actually got to job shadow a disc jockey. And so I thought, I'm going to be on the radio when I grow up. <laughs> and of course, by sixth grade, that had already changed. I teach kindergarten now at Cane Creek Elementary. This is my 11th year of teaching. I taught first grade for six years, and while I taught first grade, I thought, this is where I want to be. Nothing will be better than first grade. And then I had the opportunity to teach STEAM for three years, which is science, technology, engineering, the arts, and math. And I thought, this is my dream job. Nothing would be better than this. And then... Now I'm teaching kindergarten, and I really do think there's nothing better than kindergarten. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to do next. You've got a bunch of dream jobs. I guess so, That's but kindergarten great. really is the best place to be. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Although I um, I don't think I would last more than about 20 minutes. <laughs> they would love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, having raised some grandkids, it's, um, it's an exciting time of life in it kindergarten. It really is. It really is. Well, that's great, and and it's so great to have all three of you here at the same time, uh, outstanding teachers and a diverse set of uh, experiences. So we've we've got a lot to talk about, but I I want to quote something for just a moment as we we start this. This comes from Corby King, the, the director of schools here in Putnam County, and uh, Corby says of you three. These three educators have proven themselves to be outstanding, forward-thinking, and dedicated teachers who love students and who work tirelessly to see them engaged and inspired and to help them achieve. That's quite a compliment from your school director. He's, um, I I know he's, he's proud of you and, uh, um, I, could have been we'd have had him here with us. We've we've done that sometimes too. But I know he is uh, he's he's very very proud of you. Well, let's talk a little more in a little more detail about what you teach. And um, um, Alicia, maybe we'll start with you. Everybody can imagine a kindergarten environment, so it it's it's exciting. It is exciting. Kindergartners are honestly the best people on the planet. They're like little hype <laughs> mi- or girls and boys, little cheerleaders. Everything that you do is the best thing they've ever seen. The best stick person. I can't sing at all. And they think I sing beautifully. So it all- already is like just an uplifting, you know, atmosphere coming into it. But it's amazing to see how far they come in a year. Even now by Christmas, the amount that they've absorbed and how much we've grown is just it's amazing to see. And by the end of the year, when they come in not knowing a letter sound or a word, and then they're reading, it's just amazing. It's It's got to be amazing. It's it got to really be is. just boatloads of fun. I had a different kindergarten experience, though, when I was in fifth grade. So the music room was next door to the kindergarten room in my elementary school. And... Um, I just actually, my mom decided I needed to play a trumpet, and so two of us 
went down to get our trumpets that had been ordered for us, and the music teacher started us playing those trumpets. And the laughter coming from that kindergarten room <laughs> next door was pretty amazing. They were very honest about what we sounded like. Oh, they're very honest as well. <laughs> they are very honest, yes. Well, that's uh, that's great, though, that they, um, uh, they are. It's such an exciting time. And, and Margie, God bless you, middle school. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely amazing to teach middle school. Um, I came from an early elementary background, Uh and when I was hired in Putnam County, it was fifth grade, was the the job that was open in English language arts, and I took that job, and it is amazing every single day. They teach me things. I'm sure. um, About life and just how they experience, how they look at things with young, new, fresh eyes. Um, Reading, a lot of times we're reading, learning to read. And then we get to middle school, and we're reading to learn. And all the content and all the things, experiences that are opened up because of reading. And sometimes they like to slack off a little bit, but we really try and encourage them because they can take you places that you would never be able to go or travel. But it is exciting, and I have great students, and they love to learn. And it's such a time of change for them, so it's an exciting time. And then we go to the Flex Learning Center, and and Cindy, talk about Vital, and um, some folks may not know what Vital is. Okay, Vital is um, our uh, a virtual opportunity for students who want to learn in an online environment, but they don't completely have to learn online. They can also learn at the Flex Learning Center. It's a, a Flex is a hybrid school, basically. Some of our students are on attendance contracts because they need extra supports. So they stay with us during the week and they get help face to face. That um, that facet is where I come in most of the day. But I also teach online learners as well. So it's really kind of it's interesting how how it works because during a class i might be teaching a group of students but then i've got some students who will zoom in with me while i'm teaching these students and we work together and sometimes and a lot of times i use a lot of uh, google docs we share our docs together we go over them together in class um it's really exciting it's exciting that we get to to do it a number of different ways um in the afternoons from two to three i have students who are online and i work with them uh, via zoom and uh go through and we share our screens we look at essays together we discuss what their concerns are with a lesson maybe it's my opportunity to sometimes even film if i feel like oh my gosh this lesson's going great let's stop it and let's record it so i can uh replay it for my students the next day sure. there's a lot we get to do it's so versatile it's really versatile and we wear an awful lot of hats too but that's part so, of the beauty of flex learning it is, is you, the you beauty can of it. put on extra hats yes. even though it uh, it's a tribute to you to be able to decide which hat you need to be wearing at a given time and they both were talking about how much they love kindergartners and middle mm-hmm. schoolers I love high schoolers just for their surliness because yeah. I'm like, it's yeah. a challenge to me. <laughs> challenge accepted. I will accept it. I will embrace it. You just come on in here if you don't like English, and I'll do everything I can to get you to like it. 
And that's great. That's the common denominator <laughs> yes. among you. You love what you're doing. Yes. And um, and when it's fun, it's not work mm-hmm. or not as much work anyway. It's fun every day. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop locally local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service too, and unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardy's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to the Putnam County Teachers of the Year, Alicia Upchurch, Margie Cavender, and Cindy Queen. And uh, we just sort of got started talking about what you do and how much you love the the age groups that you you work with, but as as teachers of the year, you're part of a group all across the state now that is um, is recognized as um, very effective, accomplished teachers, and you're going to get the chance to serve as a voice for your age level groups uh, with Mr. King with the with the Putnam County system, and and beyond that. Uh, but you also are in the competition for the state teacher of the year. What do you think about that? Isn't that pretty cool that you're uh, mm-hmm. it is. Yes. thinking about being a state teacher of the year? <laughs> and, and that, if you um, are elected to that or become that, then you, you get to advise the state commissioner of education and get to visit with the governor and talk about teacher policies and education policy. So you've got a lot ahead of you over this next <laughs> few months. That's that's sort of exciting that you're uh, you're you're doing all of that. And part of the reason for the state doing that is they um they really do want to promote excellent teachers and get them to share um effective teaching practices. So let's do a little bit of that right now. Uh, when you think back over what you like about what you're doing and what makes you such a good teacher, what do you see as the most effective teaching practices that that you have? And they may be quite different at the kindergarten level than uh, than in the flex center. But Alicia, why don't you you start with kindergarten? Okay, I think that there are a lot of teaching practices that are effective. But I think for me, the main one would be building relationships and just maintaining those relationships too. And so not just with my students, but with their families, I want them to know that they're coming into a safe and inviting atmosphere and that I care about and love that their child. And um, a lot of times that means, you know, me going out into the community to watch a ball game or, you know, attend a ballet 
um, performance of one of my students. And then sometimes it's just a phone call home that week to check in on a matter. I think it's just so important that um, the parents feel involved too. And then another component of that is just bringing the community in. Um, I like to work with community um, members and businesses um, to get them in our classroom. And they say that um, it takes a village to raise a child, but I feel like it's the same way with our students. You know, I'm just one piece of that puzzle. Well, that's great. That's that's good advice and um, and and some good lessons learned there. Uh, Margie? I think that teaching in a small group setting within the regular classroom makes great growth for students. We were just talking out in the lobby a few minutes ago how when we move to middle school, sometimes we don't do personalized learning or we do it in a different way. Working at a round table and using the elementary thinking and reasoning really makes a difference with kids. And if we want our kids to grow, we've got to fill in those gaps. Content is difficult. Expectations are high and we need to make sure that we have our students prepared to be out and to go out in the community. Yes. Relationships are important. I do a program called Readers or Leaders, and we invite uh, people from the community to come in and share their book. Just this last week, um, Dr. Russ Witcher came in and shared part of his book, and the students were so excited. Just, you know, you're a professor, you're at a college, you're, you're the, you, you know, they were so excited about that. And they had all kinds of interesting questions, and they were so attentive. And I think sometimes just exposing them to that, and somebody said, well, I'd like to write a book. And Dr. Witcher said, that's when I, when I was in the fifth grade. That's when I first started and knew I wanted to be an author. So just exposing them to the community and, and lots of things because we have great kids in our schools and we want them to be exposed to be the greatest they can be. Mm. That's, that's super. Mm -hmm. That's some really good uh, voice from the firing line there. Mm -hmm. that's, that's some good advice. And Cindy, how about the, at, at the Flex Learning? I think that well, by the time they become high school students, um, they ha they they come with some bits and pieces. You have to kind of meet them where they are, and so you, it takes a it takes a while to figure out where that is sometimes. But I think that a combination of both of what they were saying, of uh, good teaching practices like groups and partners, and even sometimes allowing someone to work independently when they need to, um, building relationships with their parents and with them as well, and with the and through the community. That's important. Um, units. I have a unit that I teach, and I teach it this time of year to my English two students. And it is a it's a unit that teaches them how to become advocates of their world. Mm -hmm. And um, they have to pick a book. They pick a classic novel. Uh, one of them is of Mice and Men. Another is uh, Their Eyes Were Watching God. Uh, uh, Hiroshima is another one by John Hersey, which is a good piece of, of investigative journalism. Mm -hmm. But they all pick a novel. Enrique's Journey is another one. Um, they pick a novel, and then they have to say – uh, they have to choose a human rights issue to, that goes along with that novel, with what the novel is talking about. And then they write they they write a paper. They do a research paper. They have to synthesize a bunch of information uh, while doing this, which is includes 
whatever the human rights issue is inside the novel and then uh, discuss that issue in the United States today and in another country. So it requires that they really pull together a lot of information and put it in a paper, which is part of meeting the standards, but it's also teaching them Hey, this is an important issue that I that still needs to be under, addressed in our world. Some people yeah. picked one picked human trafficking, another one picked uh, immigration, uh, another picked uh, mental health care, uh, and how those issues are still problems that we need to address and improve. So, and at their level, they're confronting those issues. They're, yes, they're beginning to realize that's part of the reality they're about to enter. Yes, and and with COVID. Uh, and uh, the pandemic taking place, and we had COVID spring going on. So many of our students were really affected by that. And I'm so glad to see that uh, that we did pull them back into the classroom because now we are seeing that being isolated like that did affect them um, in ways that we wish it hadn't. But, sure. I mean, it had to be done, but now they're back and um, – pulling them back in and getting them back to socializing and that sort of thing. I feel like that's what the Flex Learning Center helps them do. You know, they get to socialize on a on a smaller level. So and some of them decide they want to go back to their, you know, to their school sure. and uh, they feel like they're ready to do that. Others stay with us and graduate with us. And so. and but they get the chance there in in that flexible environment to sort of shape their own future. Yes. And that's um, that's an important part of of uh, of their learning. So that's it's great that they have that that opportunity. Well, I think we all learned a lot during the pandemic. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit in our in our third session. But um, our students learned a lot too, and they maybe did. we'll get a chance to uh, to talk uh, about that. We are um, talking with. Lucinda Queen with Margie Cavender and Alicia Upchurch, the Putnam County Teachers of the Year. And we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to the Putnam County Teachers of the Year, Alicia Upchurch, Margie Cavender, and Lucinda Queen. And we've been talking about what they do. But again, you you three represent the range from kindergarten through uh, the the kids at the high school. So let's talk a little bit more about your student. What excites you about this age of student? Uh, just tell us about your kids a little bit. And Alicia, I use the word kids, so let's start with kindergartners. Okay, perfect. Well, like I said, kindergartners are my favorite people on the planet. Um, everything is just exciting to them and wonderment. And so that's the beauty of this age. I've taught first grade. And then while I taught STEAM, I taught kindergarten through fourth grade. And kindergartners were, kindergartners and fourth graders were honestly my favorite just because of the spectrum that they were on. But kindergartners are so eager to learn and excited to come to school. And that's nice as a teacher that they still want to come or that they want to come to school and that they're excited about it. And there's so much fun coming from them that it makes it easier for me to make things fun and engaging for them. And I think that that makes my job so easy and effortless because they make it so enjoyable. Well, that's good. And and Margie, how about your age group? If I had to use one word, I would say motivate. Uh, students in middle school 
sometimes struggle with motivation. We have sports kicking up, Mm -hmm. and there are lots of social-emotional things going on in middle school. And you've really got to build those relationships with the family. You've got to get the family involved. You've got to listen a lot. It's not so much I do a lot of talking. They just want someone to make eye contact. They want someone to notice them in a positive way. They don't like to be called out. We have the thing at Prescott, we don't just say, hey, stop doing that. We say, you know, we walk around, we have a conversation, or we'll say, see me later, or something like that. We try to not let them be embarrassed because that's everything to them. And you can lose everything in moments of embarrassing a student. Yeah, that's a good point. They're they're at an an age that's fragile. In, in many ways, and yet it is such a time of change. It's a wonderful and, time of yeah. change. And I think if you embrace that and understand that, it's been a long time since I was in middle school, but I can still remember those moments when I felt embarrassed and I yeah. didn't want to come back to school or yeah. I didn't want to. And I also remember that time when that teacher praised me or said, Great, good job, I appreciate you, and that meant the world to me. So I try to, to really accentuate the positive with my students, and they really rise to the occasion. That's great. Cindy? Um, it's funny how similar it is because when you were talking about building relationships, without building a relationship with a high schooler, you might as well forget it. You, they you, they <laughs> have to know that you care, that you're vested. They and you you ask questions about them. You ask them how their weekend was on Monday and have them talk about it to kind of unwind a little bit before class. It's just um, it's an important thing to do with them. Um, and you know, high schoolers are more like kids than they. I hope they're not listening, but uh, high schoolers are more like kids than they are adults in many ways. They they still want to be recognized. They still do get enthusiastic about things that matter to them. Yep. And there are things that matter to them, like that new car, you know, and they want to show you a picture. Oh, my gosh, you've got to see the car I bought, you know, Miss Queen. It's, you know, so you take time out to do that with them it's important to and you want to you know that's the that's the fun part of your job is getting to know your your kids that's that's really a good good point about them and and they are in some ways wanting to be adults and they're they're very close to being there some of them but there still is that time when they want to be a kid. Yes. And and that that's part of the magic of, th- of that age. I think even seniors, sometimes they want to regress a little bit. Even college students want to do that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They've been through a lot these last couple of years. Talk a little bit, and, and I know the pandemic is just one thing. Kids today come from a variety of backgrounds where there's a lot going on at home and in other places. So talk about some of the challenges that you see in your group of children uh, or in your students that are the big challenges you think our kids face today. Alicia? I think the pandemic did throw a lot of challenges our way, especially for like my kindergarten kids, because for a lot of them, this is their first experience with school. They didn't go to pre-K. They didn't have daycare. And because we were forced, especially at the beginning, to be on technology, a lot of my kids now have had a lot of technology coming into school. And so sometimes it's more difficult to, you know, engage with their peers socially, um, 
or be engaged uh, with conversation and those kinds of things. And so I think that that was a huge piece of it. And then also just the aspect of holding a pencil or scissors, you know, those kinds of things that they didn't necessarily get to experience because of the pandemic made a huge difference. And, you know, yeah. coming into they've had to adjust to For get, sure, get yeah. back into this. Yeah. And like a lot of our kids, you know, kindergarten and up haven't had field trips for the past few years and some of those kinds of experiences. So it's been a lot different. And Margie, your students had had that personal experience with the teacher and then had to go to a, a remote kind of experience. Which was very difficult. And I think we as teachers are creative and we made the most of that. In middle school, we do a lot of personalized learning and we were already very familiar with Google Classroom and they were already used to that platform. But that one-on-one -on -one checking in with your students, you know, seeing them on a screen in a Zoom cast, it wasn't like sitting beside them and, and having a conversation, making eye contact, you know, and everybody's trying to talk at the same time because they want your attention. They see you and they want to be there. So I think some of that we'd already put in place. It's difficult when you can't meet one-on-one -on -one with students. Mm -hmm. But I think with through the personalized learning and through the Zoom classes, requiring them, checking role each time and asking them to be there and to, you know, type in their answer and engage with you the way that we, the best way we could engage with them. I think students grew at that point. I know it wasn't like they could have grown if they had been in, in person with us. Different kind of growth. It is different kind mm -hmm. of yep. growth. No, no question. Cindy? I think that, um, well, during the pandemic, I noticed that because we had already, we already had them on Canvas, we already had them in a learning, uh, online learning pl platform, it was really like, we just right went in there and it was like another day at the office in yeah. some ways. Yeah. And then, then in others, though, felt like we were losing them because we weren't seeing them face to face a lot of times. Or, you know, even with the fully online kids that we teach, we still have the opportunity to say, hey, can I would you come in? Can I pull you in on this day and sit down with you and show you how to do X and X and that kind of thing instead of over Zoom? I think it would help if we just did this put pen to paper and work together on it. We have that opportunity now, but during pandemic, we didn't. And that was one thing that we did kind of lose. But they also learned, some of them, I, I feel like they really did learn how to obtain struggle, how to how to deal with the, how to struggle just a little bit with themselves and um, get the work done and and not have a teacher in front of them. That is one way. That and that's a life them. lesson. That's a good lesson yes. for them. All right. Well, we all know that that um, behind every student is a parent or a guardian or some significant other. Now's your chance to give them advice. And, and probably at the kindergarten level, it may be different than it is at the high school level. So what advice would you give to maybe next year's Parents that are going to be bringing a child in for kindergarten next year. Alicia? I think in kindergarten, a lot of times it's easier probably than it is in middle school or high school because they're excited about that first year of school. But I would say just being involved, you know, checking in with the teacher and checking, you know, backpacks, simple things like that. Just making sure that you're involved in your child's learning and um, knowing what's happening 
at their school day. We use an app at our school that allows us to send out pictures throughout the day and messages to keep parents really involved. And so I think that's just a huge component is family engagement. Get them engaged. That's great. Absolutely, Margie? I think engagement. Sometimes my students say, when I got in the car, mom said, what what did you learn today? And I said, mm-hmm. nothing. And it was quiet. <laughs> and I said, that's where you need to showcase yourself. Tell two things that you did. One thing that you did today that made you feel better. What did you do to help someone? You know, and, and work with that. But just being there and listening mm-hmm. and just keeping up with things at school. We have remind. We have parent calls go out, we email, we call parents, just keeping that line of communication open. And I want the parents' input because they're the expert. They've been with their student for 10 years, and I'm two months in, so I'm begging for you to help me. So just um, one of the things that I do is they can write a letter to me. It's to every parent, and they say, I ask them to say, what do you want me to know about your child? And I have had parents say, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to just speak. And they're very honest about their strengths, what they want to have strengthened. And it just starts us off on a a good note. That's good advice. That is good advice. And Cindy, how about you? I uh, feel like it's important to communicate with your teacher and and your principal also to um, if if an email is sent out or or a phone call or whatever to you know respond and and to be able to to talk with that teacher I, I learned so much from the parents like you said I think you I don't think that can be um, emphasized enough they they may not always seem like they're uh necessarily approachable or whatever but that's not that's not true they they want yeah. what's best for their kids yeah. so sitting down and just hearing them out hearing what they have to say about it is so important i i don't think there's a single parent that i haven't spoken on the phone with even if they that child is doing fabulously that that parent needs Still to know important. that yeah is. they need to have the the positive interaction needs to happen as much as well, we need to work on this and this and this, maybe, you know. <laughs> That's a really good point and, and good advice from all three of you. Well, we have to wrap this up, and I've, I've still got thousands of questions to ask, but it has been so good to see you. We've been talking to the Putnam County Teachers of the Year, and Cindy and Margie and Alicia, thank you for coming in. More importantly, thank you for the great work you're doing with our kids in Putnam County. Thank you. Thank you so much.